Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. So six pro-lifers are going to prison now because the Biden Department of Justice is hell-bent on going after people whose views they disagree with. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 30 minutes of nonstop talk for you. And our big story of the day today is Donald Trump's polling numbers in the seven states that matter are off the charts. He's crushing it. And he's going to win, in my opinion. I think he's going to win big. That's brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria. VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A. Go see Dr. Mike today for your perfect smile, Dr. Mike Venaria. So yesterday, as I reported, six pro-lifers who were praying and singing hymns uh, outside an abortion clinic, uh, they were arrested, raided by the feds, and found guilty of violating the FACE Act, which is the Abortion Clinic Access Act. The woman who runs the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice is hell-bent on going after people. Her name is Kristen Clark. And she's an activist. She's a pro-abortion activist and she's a huge lefty. And she has turned her office into a weaponized office to go after people who are pro-life. And here to talk about it with us is a man who experienced that firsthand. Mark Houck. Mark, welcome back to the show. How you doing, my friend? Hi, Rich. Yeah, good to be back. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks so much. And yesterday's uh, verdict came on the anniversary of my own verdict. How about that for the irony in there? The anniversary of your verdict where you were found not guilty by a federal jury, right? That's right. That's Thank right. God. A year ago yesterday. It's hard to believe it was a year. Time flies. But you still were subjected to the FBI raiding your house, dragging you out in front of your family on a Sunday morning, a perp walk, shackled and chained, all of it. I mean, this is the intimidation. Yeah, the process is the punishment, right? I mean, they, they, they really want to humiliate and instill fear and this is exactly what, what uh, tyrannical governments do. They, they want to cripple you. They want to paralyze you. They want to, they want to make you afraid to, to go against the state or to exercise your freedoms. And so this is how they get control of people. And, uh, and so, you know, but we're not letting them do it. And, you know, we took on the full force of the government. As you know, we should have lost 98% conviction rate. But you know what? The truth prevailed and the system actually worked, amazingly enough. Good. Um, you know, it worked in your case, but not in the case of these six people who are now facing up to um, 11 years in prison. And this is a real shame. And, you know, I, I, we talk about the weaponization of government. I think people need to understand that if you are somebody who is outside a pro outside an abortion clinic and, and you are praying or something like that, they're, they're going to they're going to try and come after you. And we have to push back on that because, unfortunately, the weaponization of government under this administration it's going nowhere, Mark. It's going nowhere. Look, it's the first time in 250 years that a government like ours is, is weaponized against its own people. But let me say this. 
you know, Martin Luther King affected change by civil disobedience. And what these wonderful pro-lifers, and I've participated in these things myself, what they're doing is, is exercising their First Amendment rights. And, and that civil disobedience, these, these pro-lifers are aware that they're, they're, they're going to be persecuted for it. So, you know, uh, God bless them. They're going to appeal it. They got great attorneys. Um, but, you know, this is part of the cross, as we talked about before. This is, you know, when you're, when you're trying to fight an unjust law, Rich, like this law is, the FACE Act is being misapplied, right? It has nothing to do with people on the outside of the building. And that's exactly what Ted Kennedy said to David Durenberger in 1994. This came up in my case. It has nothing to do with the people outside the building. So, you know, once again, the government uh, abusing their power and, and misapplying this, this bad law. Mark Halk, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for making the time and my best to your family. And we appreciate you coming back on the show. Uh, you're welcome, man. We're running for Congress, so uh, howforcongress.com. Thanks so much. All right, Mark, thank you. It's the 5 o'clock happy hour on the Rich Zioli Show. Brought to you by the Oceanfront Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. A premier full-service resorting conference center. GrandHotelCapeMay.com Now, this, um, this, this a terrible story that happened in Pennsylvania, and I'm just going to give you, it's a very graphic story. It's about if the kids are in the car, um, I'll give you an opportunity to maybe think about the the following. I have to talk about it. It's a local issue. It's an, actually international at this point. Everybody's talking about it. So this man, Justin Moan, is accused now of um, beheading his father. And um, I'll say accused because he's not been found guilty, although he's admitted to doing it. So he claimed to show the body, uh, the bloody decapitated head of his father. And he put out a 14-minute clip to YouTube. And it was on YouTube for six hours. Took six hours for YouTube to take down deranged Justin Moan's gruesome video where he showed his own father's decapitated head as he railed against the federal government in an anti-woke rant. In in the footage, Moan holds up his father's head in a bloodied plastic bag placed inside a silver bucket, having declared violence is the only solution to the federal government's treason. This is the head of Mike Moan, a federal employee for over 20 years, and my father. He is now in hell for eternity as a traitor to his country. This extreme content remained up for the public to see for nearly six hours before being removed, after which it had already been viewed and shared thousands of times. Similarly, his YouTube page was still active the next day, although the video in question had been taken down by then. Online, the company says violent or gory content intended to shock or disgust viewers or content encouraging others to commit violent acts is not allowed on YouTube and very specifically tells users to not post on YouTube footage of corpses with severe injuries such as severed limbs. Not only did his video show extreme content of a dead body, but he called on others to incite violence. He offered a million dollar bounty to anyone who could kill top officials, including FBI Director Christopher Wray, Attorney General Merrick Garland and former Attorney General Bill Barr as well as urging relatives living with federal employees to murder them. The site's online policy clearly states that you must not incite others to commit violent acts against individuals or a defined group of people. To track down these extremist channels, the platform uses a combination of algorithms and is reliant on people to report content that is not in line with their policies. It said, we remove content that violates our policies as quickly as possible using a combination of people and machine learning to detect potentially problematic content on a massive scale. In addition, we rely on YouTube community as well as experts in our trusted flagger program to help us spot potentially problematic content by reporting it directly to us. YouTube was asked about this and um, they didn't really have any, any, any real comment about this. This happened in Bucks County. I mean, this happened not far from where we are. Uh, And it's, um, I mean, what do you even say about this? Is you know what a complete and utter friggin' whack job this guy is. Well, we'll. I mean, thank God. I don't know how. I don't know by what gift we have not all been tagged with being his accomplice here for believing in limited government or something like this. But maybe that'll come. Maybe the media is already doing it. I don't know. It's possible. I haven't really checked newsbusters or anything yet. But I'm I'm sure that. That's probably going to happen at some point, you know, that the rhetoric of people like the, that on uh, talk media, social, uh, you know, talk radio and social media and everything that 
the rhetoric led to this guy doing what he did or something. I'm, I'm sure that that's going to come if it hasn't come already. But uh, this is a um, obviously a deranged, very evil man. And it doesn't matter if his views align with someone's politically. I, I told you before, I don't blame people. I don't blame politicians when <coughs> crazy people do evil things. I blame the person. I don't blame the gun. I don't blame the speaker. I don't blame the candidate. I don't blame. I, I blame the person who takes the act, period. But, well, here's one headline. MAGA maniac beheads dad live on YouTube. That is a, a headline that's on. Um, well, it's on the Drudge Report. No surprise there. So the Drudge puts a link to Bucks County Courier Times. They don't have that headline on there. But I'm sure it'll probably come. I mean, I'm, I, you know, we live in a day and age where we, we, we just can't help, help, but tag everybody with something like this, unless it's a crazy person on the left, in which case then the, per, the crazy person on the left is never, you know, that person's never motivated by, you know, Bernie Sanders rhetoric or something like that. But a crazy person who may be uh, conservative in his political beliefs, so there's nothing conservative about beheading your father, obviously. That will somehow tag, you know, everybody else on the same political aisle. So hopefully that will not happen. That's all I can say. But it's just a gruesome, gruesome story. I and mean, what else can you say other than it, the guy's a freaking nutbag, whack job, and and that's about as evil as you get. My God, it's hard to even fathom that something like that can happen. It really is. It's hard to fathom something like that. And of course, the social media, you know, you put that out there, and it can stay out there for hours, and people see it and. They watch it. I chose not to watch it. I just didn't, I, I didn't want to look at it. I don't want to play any of this rant either on the air. I don't want to give this guy any more credit. I really didn't even mean to use his name other than the fact that I was reading the story, but I try to not give these people any, any notoriety. Um, I really do have no interest in doing that. It's kind of been my policy for years, you know, is not to give these people the notoriety that they're seeking because it's obviously what they're looking for. You know, they're looking for fame. They're looking for infamy. They're looking for those things. And I don't want to help them in any way achieve it. But obviously, it's a huge story. It's making international news, and it happened right in our backyard. So on another note, on a happier note, um, the governor of Massachusetts cried. That makes me happy. The governor of Massachusetts cried because they have such an illegal immigrant problem in her state that she has to turn a rec center now into a shelter uh, for illegal immigrants. And she's very upset by that. As you can imagine. So she says she shed some tears. Take a listen. Okay. Because I'm committed to this. Little kids need to be able to breathe clean air. They need to be able to access swimming pools. They need to have lifeguards there who are going to teach them how to swim. And they need to have activities. I don't know what we're going to do for a couple, three months. I'll call universities. I'll call other places. The governor went on to say she is also looking at other locations, but has not said exactly where. Oh, that's so sad. And um, (laughs) well, look, I mean, you you sanctuary state mayors and governors, what did you expect was going to happen? This is your party, the Democrat Party, calling the president to shut the border down. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. This is what you enabled. You enabled this. This is what you wanted. No person is illegal. I saw the sign. My neighbor had it in their yard. Uh, Democrat Democrat uh, Denver mayor sat down with um, uh, Fox News and talked about what's going on in in Denver, city of Denver, Colorado, right now. And every hotel room in the city of Denver is full. Every single one. Take a listen. I've been back and forth to Denver and your folks are very compassionate, nice people, always very welcome. <laughs> but I, I don't think I've ever witnessed them so outraged right now. And I don't think it has anything to do with being anti-migrant. They just feel like the priorities where the migrants are being prioritized over them. I was looking at the numbers with the healthcare system. You got 8,000 migrants that are using the ER emergency services and they visited 20,000 times. And residents are saying they're being turned away. We have both a humanitarian crisis here and now we have a fiscal crisis, which is we are a welcoming city and also we don't want to cut core city services. But right now we're in this dilemma where we can't get any help from the federal government on work authorization or on controlling entry or on the ability to actually provide resources to cities. So February 5th is the day, unless you know you and council extends it 
where it looks like you guys are going to cut off, there's going to be a cap of the migrants that are going to be able to use the facilities. What's going to happen then when, when they're not able to be sheltered? They're going to be on the street, I'm assuming. And are you concerned about that? And so we've always had a length of stay policy here, which was generally individual adults. Could well, stay anyway, you get the days. point. It's every every, you know, the, the city's overwhelmed. Every city is like this right now. Every blue city is dealing with this. And this is a, this is something of their own making. And you know, a big part of the problem, big part of the problem, Republicans. Yes, you heard me correctly. Republicans are a big part of the problem. Republicans like Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell has said the number one priority is funding Ukraine. All right. It's funding Ukraine. So Senator Ron Johnson, who's a guy that actually fights for this country and fights for liberty and is a guy who is called a you know, the, the left hates him and they love McConnell, but they hate Ron Johnson. But thank God for Ron Johnson. And what he says here is 100 percent right. These people like Mitch McConnell and many others in the Republican Party do not doubt me here. There are a lot of Republicans in the Republican Party who feel exactly the same way about this, exactly the same way. Is what he told Maria Bartiromo. Take a listen. Well, first of all, none of us have seen a word of text. You know, at least uh, you know those of us that aren't involved in negotiations, we haven't seen a word of text on any of this. Not of the the funding supplementals, nor of the the border bill. And so we really we really don't uh, have you know, the information we need to, to really make a case. But again, what we've seen is alarming. And I, I would just say the priorities are just wrong. I think the priorities of Mitch McConnell are wrong. I think the priorities of the President Biden and, and Chuck Schumer are wrong. They're more concerned about Ukraine and protecting its border than our own. We obviously- They are more interested in funding Ukraine and its border than our own. He's 100% right on that. Here's the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer talking about Ukraine and how if they only get more money, they can win. But in the Senate, our responsibility is clear. We need to put the needs of our country above the interests of party politics because the security of our southern border is on the line. The security of Israel is on the line. The health and safety of innocent Gaza civilians are on the line. The stability of the Indo-Pacific region is on the line. And finally, as every senator on both sides knows, the survival of Ukraine is on the line. It'll be two years since Vladimir Putin began his illegal savage campaign against the Ukrainian people. American military assistance has been one of the most important lifelines for Ukrainian fighters since the start of the war. But now that aid has run out. Congressional action is required if we want to send additional military assistance. The matter here is very simple, as President Zelensky told us in December. Ukraine will win the war against Russia if more aid is approved by Congress. But if no more aid is approved, Putin will win. We dare not hand Eastern Europe over to Vladimir Putin. The supplemental is how we ensure that Western democracy is protected. The work is not easy. It's very hard. There are still some issues outstanding, but we remain committed to bipartisanship and we will keep working because we want to get this done. Now, you notice how he lumps everything in there together, Ukraine aid and Gaza and Israel and, of course, the border and the immigration system and blah, 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 all the together. This is what's happening. And Biden's yelling that he doesn't have enough power at the border. He's got more than enough power that he needs. He doesn't need any more. You know who else has enough power? The freaking federal government. That's who. And once again, they are going to renew, and you know they will, Section 702 of the FISA Act. According to Reason.com, it is up for a uh, renewal again. Almost lost in the recent hubbub over claims that the Swift-Kelsey romance is a CIA psyop. The likelihood the leading presidential candidates are mental turnips and the tussle between the federal government and Texas over border control is the fact that the feds are spying on us and want authorization to continue snooping. Debate last year over renewing Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act held Congress and the president to a brief extension before the holidays. That leaves legislators arguing the law's fate before an April deadline, with none of the controversy over spying and privacy yet settled. The question is, and we'll talk a, a lot more about this as we go on, but you know and I know that they've abused this to spy on American citizens. And they've raised some serious concerns and they've held nobody accountable for this. And once again, we have people screaming, a lot of Republicans, too, yelling that we have to renew this. Otherwise, we're all going to get blown up by terrorists. It allows the FBI 
to spy on American citizens without warrants. The FBI searched, gathered information millions of times for information on U.S. persons, including citizens, residents, and businesses. For example, in the 12-month period ending November 30th, 2021, FBI reported 4 million person queries. And this is supposed to be about foreign intelligence, but it turns out that it is being used domestically against American citizens. So we will talk about that as time goes on. As far as Taylor Swift and Jason Kel- Travis Kelsey being a PSYOP goes, and I see conservatives are fighting with each other about this. Let me ask you this question, Henry. If that was going to make a CIA PSYOP using Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, wouldn't the PSYOP actually be to have me fight over whether or not Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift is a PSYOP? Wouldn't that be the PSYOP? Yeah, no, you make a good point there. Right? I would, I would think so. I mean, if you if you really want to create a psychological operation, you start talking about how something's a psychological operation. Then you have everybody fight over the fact and get distracted by all the other things that are going on in the world. That is, I think, a textbook how you know operation of how a psyop works. Right? It's a psyop within a psyop. Yeah. Or it's a it's a riddle wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in a combo pretzel that doesn't have enough cheese in it. Thank you, Donald Sutherland. Thank you. <laughs> oh, time to announce our contest. So we're bringing back <laughs> the movie mystery clip. And let's see if I can find, I got to get some details here because I'm trying to figure out, uh, I got a lot of my, my, my Twitter was blowing up this morning and I, I wasn't really paying attention to it. I had to run to the home Depot, you know, and I always feel manly when I do that. I really do. I feel like a man when I go to home Depot, I don't know what the hell I'm doing there or what I'm looking for. And I tend to return most of the things because I buy the wrong things. Like I bought two new light bulbs for my basement with lights and I bought the wrong size. So now I got to take them back. <laughs> well, as long as you walk in there like confidently, that's all that matters. Yeah. You just got to be a man about it. You yeah. know what I mean? You just got to be a man Not ask for and you got to do it. You know, and, and, and none of that, none of that, no asking for help, nothing. So since Kale and company announced that they're giving away a Disney cruise, we on this only show, uh, people are wondering what we're going to give away. And, um, I want to thank Ornery Hounds for coming up with it. I think this is the perfect, perfect prize to give our audience. It's very Zioli Army-ish. I don't know how we're going to figure out exactly who wins the contest, but here's what you're going to get. A four-person canoe you can borrow. You row across the Delaware River yourself, just like George Washington, and then you have to give us the canoe back when you're done. But we're we're going to give you, we're going to let you borrow a canoe you can paddle across the Delaware. And I'm going to throw in a George Washington hat, a replica hat. It's very generous. And you can paddle across the Delaware like Washington on Christmas Eve about to go fight some Hessians. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like that. I'm also going to throw in. It's a runner-up prize. And all expenses, uh, boat ride between Camden and Philadelphia on my friend Frank's boat. <laughs> And and, and um, you're going to get a Philly pretzel and a hot dog. But you have to pay for the food because we can't give out the food. <laughs> so, But we're going to give that to you and then I'm just going to charge you for that. So I'm excited. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. And I think we're going to be, this is going to be very big for us. It's almost as good as a cruise. It's almost as good as an all-expenses-paid Disney cruise for your family. It's 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 a, it's look. It's the next best thing. There's a boat. There's food. There's a boat. There's food. I mean, you know, not we're not going to give you the food, but you know, I mean, yeah, it's just like that. There's no activities for your kids, and there's there's no accommodations, and it, it's a 20 minute trip. But other than that, it's just like that. So I think you should wear Mickey Mouse ears as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? Right. Uh, then it's basically then it's exactly the same. I'll throw in a stuffed Mickey Mouse doll. How about that? <laughs> I w- I'll give you one of Reagan's used Minnie Mouse dolls that she tore into when she was teething. I'm going to throw that in as well. <laughs> this is the ultimate prize bundle package that we here in Afternoon Drive get to give you. All right. And I want to make a point. This is not a national contest. This lucky winner will get all that crap I just listed. All right. Any questions? I I think it sounds very generous. How do we enter, Rich? Henry, I'm glad you asked. I have no idea. 
Because all contests have to be approved by Odyssey Corporate, which involves 11 emails and 19 lawyers, four program director consultations, and ultimately, of course, the answer being no. So this probably won't happen. I think by federal law, I'm required to say it's not a real contest, according to FCC law. <laughs> just in case just nobody in case, can figure that out. Yeah, just in case you couldn't tell that I was being sarcastic about the fact that we never have anything to give away on this show, ever. But <laughs> my friend Frank's dinghy, you're going to get a little ride across the Delaware. Ding, ding. He'll wear a captain's hat for you. And just to make it romantic, here's what we're going to really do. Ready? We'll put a table couple candles and Frank will go below deck. Now there is no below deck, but what he'll do is he'll um, turn around and turn his back to you. And you can pretend like you were on a romantic yacht as you go by the scenic beauty of Camden, New Jersey. <laughs> can split the hot dog like the lady in the tramp. Exactly. Right. Beautiful. <laughs> right on top of the cooler that we have wedged in the back seat. I'm going to raise the stakes one more time. I'm also going to include a bottle of champagne. Now, of course, we can't actually give away alcohol because that would require 24 Odyssey lawyers, 16 contract renewals, and 14 different CEOs and VPs telling us no. But I'm going to throw in an old bottle of sparkling cider that I bought for the kids for Christmas and we never opened. Ooh. You know that Martinelli cider? It's like it's two stuff. bucks. I love that stuff. Yeah, well, I got you the organic kind. All right. Organic <laughs> cider, not hard cider. You'll get that, too. On my friend Frank's boat with a table and a candle and a hot dog and a pretzel. And Frank will run you around. the. Uh, you can't go by the Philly skyline. We don't have that kind of budget. It's dinghy will go around the Camden skyline for 20 minutes. <laughs> One lucky winner. And this isn't during the summer, either. This is like next month, right? Yeah, no, this has to be in the winter months. You have to, you have to use this by, by March 31st. <laughs> you, so. need, you need the full, like, Washington experience. You know, right. Crossing it in the frigid Yeah, Frank will wear a Washington hat. He'll be like George Washington, <laughs> and you can be like Washington's men. Or you can take the romantic option. It's up to you. It's up, <laughs> you, your choice. So I think this is huge. And I'm thankful to the promotions department for finally giving us a contest prize we can give away. So, Even though it's obviously not a real prize, I have to say that under FCC policy and regulation, in case anyone's wondering, not a real prize. They don't give us those anymore. I don't know what I did. It's all right. It's a shame, too. I watched a lot of movies in the past year. I got a lot of quotes built up. Do you know who I am? I'm Mo Green. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders. Well, apparently I have no juice, Mo. <laughs> what can I tell you? Please state that it's not a real prize one more time because we have people calling in. Okay, let me just say for the record one more time, this is not a real prize. <laughs> and um, I'm sorry, I have nothing to offer you. You can get, if you do want Reagan's chewed up Minnie Mouse doll, I'm happy, <laughs> I will give you that. I don't care. You don't have to win anything, just... I'll give it to you. Swing by the house. Yeah, just, no, not come by my house, but you come by the station. I'll just leave it for you. Leave by the security guard. People are actually calling? We got a couple, yeah. Hmm. Should I screen it? Well, do we have to take a break? We do. All right, we have to take a break. But you know what? Because I've got to get ready for the Mark Levin Show, which starts at 6 o'clock, 6 to 9 p.m. But maybe tomorrow we'll take some calls and we'll have a fake contest for a fake prize. How about a fake contest for a fake prize tomorrow on the show? That sounds even, fun. We get it's fake a, sounders for it, too. We'll do fake sounders, fake prize, fake contest. I'm in. Who's in? You in? Nah, count me I'm in. I'm down. All right, let's do it. Done. Tomorrow. This time tomorrow, we'll do a fake contest with a fake prize, fake sound effects, fake everything. <laughs> Your chance to win nothing and like it. You get nothing and like it. All right? Good. Uh, let me tell you about my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. He's my dentist, and he is the master of dental implants. The master of making you look and feel your greatest with a million-dollar smile. I recommend you book an appointment to see Dr. Mike today. I've been telling you about Dr. Mike for years. My entire family goes to Dr. Venaria. because the level of care and commitment to dental excellence that Dr. Mike and his staff delivers to every patient is unmatched. He's been delivering results that surpass expectations that has made him a top dentist in New Jersey for 10 consecutive years. He has one of the most respected reputations among his peers as a master of dental implants. So 
If you've been on the fence about getting that dental procedure done, reach out to Dr. Mike today. You have a choice, a clear choice for you and your family. Give Dr. Venaria a call. I promise you won't be disappointed. With two locations to serve you in Cinnaminson and Woodbury, schedule your free implant consultation today for your perfect smile. Call 856-786-2020. 856-786-2020 or visit VenariaDental.com. That's V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. First of all, I had a laugh as I was listening to all the little tech executives today in front of the Senate. I had a laugh for two reasons. Number one, the grandstanding by these senators is just, oh, that's just unbelievable. So much grandstanding. The second thing is to, to listen to these tech CEOs who are all billionaires act like they really care. You know what I mean? Like they, like they care. Is also charming and cute. We talked about this yesterday. In Florida, there's a bill right now to ban social media use for kids 16 and under. And I took calls on it, read a lot of tweets on it. We all kind of as a team agreed, I think you and I would agree with this point, if you were listening during that part of the show, that we all think it's a bad idea. It's got wonderful consequences, intended consequences. But what, what always happens is with these things are the unintended consequences. And that's the problem is that as I was listening to this today, I kept thinking about these are the sites that young people are most commonly using that we know of, but we don't know what we don't know. And we don't know about all the other sites that they're on that because they're way ahead of us in this in this area. They're way ahead of us. You know, there are teenagers right now using apps that we as adults may not find out about for a year or something like that. And the only reason we'll find out about it is because something will happen to someone or it'll be, it'll be a bad news situation that brings it forward. But the biggest problem with making people with banning people on social media until they hit a certain age of 16 is that you're actually letting them on social media, probably at the the time when they're going to be impacted the, the most emotionally yeah, because they're, they're at that, that point where they're going to start internalizing a lot of this stuff and, and, feeling bad about themselves and there's as the girls are going to their sweet 16 and they're getting ready for the prom and then all that stuff. But it's very hard to police that. And, and it's very hard for these social media companies to police that too. I mean, yeah, you can yell about pedophiles all day. And I, I agree. I mean, obviously that's gotta be job one, but I think that's the easier job to accomplish. And I'm, it's amazing that we're even having that conversation. But when you get into the whole thing about kids being bullied online and kids being harassed online and kids making other kids feel bad. I, is, is there really a way for government to solve that problem? I don't think so. I've been thinking about this a lot because I have three kids. You know, Patrick's nine. And he's, he's at that point now where he's, he plays Minecraft with his cousin and his friends. And they all go online. And I'm always making sure that they are who they say they are, number one, because I don't want to be in a situation where I find out my son is actually playing with, you know, some 30-year-old man in his basement 
So I always make sure of that as a dad. I also realize that after a certain period of time playing, my son gets stressed out. And I can tell he's getting stressed out. So I need to make him take breaks. And actually, last night we went old school. And we went and played a little Dig Dug in the basement. I'm, I love that game. I loved that game when I was a kid growing up. I used to love Dig Dug. I used to love going to the arcades. The arcades are making a comeback, too. Old school arcades are making a comeback. There's a, a bar in Philadelphia, actually, that has all old school arcade machines. You see them now in the Jersey Shore, too. There's a casino. There's an Atlantic City casino that was converted into a big arcade. They have a lot of old school arcade games, too, which is really fun. But it's, di- I mean, those things are a- as analog as you get compared to what they have out there today. And everything today, even in the gaming world, is geared towards young people playing with each other. And, and that's the whole thing. And then they can make comments. You know, they can make comments up to each other. And sometimes those comments are damn right mean. So you, you, you got to kind of police that, too, a little bit as a parent. But this is, you see, the, this is the problem, though. What we're really talking about here is the fact that for many parents, they've turned over their job to social media, to devices. I mean, I, I heard a woman say today something that I, I almost crashed the car. She said, you could be in the kitchen cooking dinner and your daughter could be on an app and you don't even know what she's doing. And I kept saying, thinking to myself, why don't you know what she's doing? If she's in the other room and you're cooking dinner, why are you allowing that to occur? And, and this is, I, I think, a bigger problem of, of parenthood in general. Our kids were locked down from school for a long time. And parents had to work. Many parents had to work. So what do they do? Well, in the early days of the pandemic in particular, they would send you these assignments. And they weren't real. They were, they, you know, five minutes you watched a video or something and you had to read a book. And the rest of the day, the kids were just on their own. So what did they do? They picked up devices and they started going online. I, I'm not saying it started then, but I think it got worse. I think it got worse. There's a story out today about COVID failures, like keeping schools closed, led to eye-wateringly high death rates, according to a damning report. And the mental health toll of COVID and lockdowns is still something we're calculating. But just think about that. So the kids were all locked out of school. They were on their devices. For many times, they, they were not going to organize sports because they didn't have them. They didn't have a lot of those things. And if you want to talk about where an addiction can come from, that's three years of children being on their devices a lot. And they were also on those devices doing school. But then they weren't always doing school on those devices because, let's face it, the school wasn't necessarily virtual all day long. So there's that. And then the other problem is that for a lot of parents, quite frankly, these devices serve as a babysitter. They serve as a babysitter. You know, instead of having to pay somebody to come to the house, a teenager to hang out with your kids and watch your kids, you just sit them down in front of a screen. And that's also a problem that I don't really know the answer to. There's not a lot of there's there's many people right now who don't have the situation to have somebody be a full time parent with the children. I think everybody deep down inside would love that. I know economically not everybody can. And for some people now, they're back in the office. I got a friend of mine just got called back into the, the office. No more remote five days a week, physical in the office. So for a lot of parents now, they're, they're back on the road, too, which is another problem that's happening. But as I think about all these things and I think about the Senate hearing today. I think about them yelling at the CEOs of the tech companies. I keep wondering, yes, I agree. Keeping criminals away from your children is absolutely their responsibility. No question about it. They have a responsibility to do that. But in terms of dealing with your kids getting bullied by other kids on their platform, I don't really know how you d- deal with that. I don't know what the answer is to that. I'm not really sure there is one. I mean, we always look for solutions to these things. And I think it's very tempting to think if we just have a Senate hearing and we just yell at Mark Zuckerberg, We'll find a magic solution to that problem. I don't think there is one. Because if they're not, it used to be when we were kids, you'd get bullied in person. You get bullied in school. And it, in some ways, it could be helpful. You know, if you were a chubby kid and your kids, your buddies would call you chubby, you, you might be motivated to lose a couple pounds, you know, and get out of the husky jeans. Nowadays, most of the bullying happens online because we've done a very effective job of cracking down on bullying in person to such a degree. But I don't know what the answer is to that. And I, and, and, and I think uh, today was really a show. I mean, they do these things in the Senate. It's just a show. What, what's going to come from it? You know, m- maybe these companies will cough up some cash to establish a fund 
to deal with tech issues and social media health and all the other things. But in a lot of ways, government caused this problem, if you think about it. I mean, it was government that decided to keep kids home from school and put them on these electronic devices in many ways. And playgrounds were shut down and sports teams and sport athletic, athletic, athletic events were canceled. Remember all that? All those things that happened? And I think kids were dealing with a lot of stress. And I think in many ways, they also took that stress out on each other, feeling in a virtual world like it's not as bad. But hell, we do it as adults to each other. Now, I can't tell you the number of times on any given day I have someone insult my intelligence, which is fair. I mean, no doubt about it. My intelligence deserves a lot of insulting. But inevitably, I will write a tweet. Somebody will accuse me of being dumb or a a MAGA Kool-Aid drinking moron or something like that. I mean, adults bully each other all the time on social media constantly. I see it. I, I don't fight on social media anymore like I used to. I used to do it. For me, I considered it sparring, like when Rocky had to fight Spider Rico, you know, just to kind of keep the Italian stallion had to keep his his mojo. I kind of used to look at it like that. I would I would fight idiots on Twitter as practice. Every now and then I'd go in there and just a little bit of catnip, you know, for my brain. And then I just gave up because it just seemed to be defeating. And I see but I but I see the way people talk to each other in a virtual space that I don't think they would do in real life. I, the, the person who calls me an idiot because he does, he disagrees with me, I'm, I'm a MAGA Kool-Aid drinking fool. Is that guy really going to say that to me in the grocery store if he sees me? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, he might. But chances are probably not. If you, like, if you have a friend who, say, was is supporting Nikki Haley and you two are fighting about it on Facebook and you're saying terrible things to each other, not a friend, but so, yeah, a, a, a fellow traveler, so to speak. And then you meet up in public. Are you really going to sit there and just start insulting each other? Probably not. I think the safety of the social media world makes us feel like it's not as damaging. That's why when people fight over text message, too, you got to be very careful with that. You can't see tone. You know know what I mean? You can't read tone. And it's very easy for people to interpret the tone of something in the wrong way. And also people say things. They'll just type a text and say, things that that are mean that they wouldn't necessarily say in real life. But again, that's just kind of human nature. I don't know if you can legislate that away. I don't know if you'd want to, you know, because the answer to all that, quite frankly, is, well, it's hate speech laws. I mean, the, the only answer to that is, is for the government to control your speech and for you to get in trouble if you're mean to someone. Now, that sounds good. Again, it's another thing. It sounds good. Like, oh, if you're mean to somebody, Maybe you should get in trouble for that because our children are watching. And maybe they should get in trouble, too. The problem, though, is how do you define mean? Now, it's easy if, if, if somebody insults a 16-year-old girl and says, you look fat in that dress. Yes, we know that that's mean. We know that that's bullying. We know that it's wrong. Does the girl who says that to her, should she get locked up for it? Should she pay a fine for that? Should she be banned for life? I don't, I don't know what the consequences are. The problem, though, is that if that follows into adulthood and then the next time somebody calls me a um a name and i write them back and i insult them and i say the wrong thing you know just the wrong thing you know i i say something like you are an idiot and they come back and say i go by they them and now it's hate speech and now i'm in trouble and now i'm banned see what i mean it's very easy to go down this rabbit hole of when the government starts getting involved in speech to try to make us all be nice to each other, how it usually leads to people walking on eggshells and censoring themselves and also the government censoring us too. I'll give you a a real life example. Those stupid DEI classes that we have to take, those dumb videos we have to watch, unconscious bias training and everything else. I've noticed a huge shift in the workplace since those things came online. People nowadays are literally afraid to talk to each other at work. They're just afraid of it. They're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing and get reported to HR. Because in all these training videos, you're told to do that. Oh, if you hear somebody say something that's mean, you better report it to HR or you'll get in trouble. So now people just don't even talk. They just walk down the hallway with their head down, you know, afraid somebody's going to say hello to them. And how's your day? I don't. And then there's um, there's always the problem now of, you know, misgendering somebody or, um, you know, making somebody feel bad about the way they smell because they might have too much cologne or perfume on. I mean, it gets a little ridiculous, but the point is, I think what 
the sentiment of today's hearing was leaving the child exploitation aspect out of it because we're not talking about that. I mean, that is an obvious one. But in terms of the kids feeling bad when they go on social media and then kids feeling bad because other kids have made them feel bad, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if there is one. I just don't. Like, I don't think there's an answer to when, you know, guys are mean to each other in the locker room or when girls are mean to each other in a sorority house. I don't know the answer to that other than you got to do a good job as a parent. You got to try to make your kids resilient. You have to teach your children that you can't let it get to you. And you have to teach your children that it's important that they don't do that to other people. But I don't really know if the government can solve it for us. I don't know if we'd want them to. And I don't know how Mark Zuckerberg solves it either. I mean, you you create these platforms where people engage with each other and they wind up engaging sometimes in some very negative ways. But I think really what we have to do with our kids is teach a lot more self-resilience. I think that is essential. A lot more sense of, listen, life is going to knock you down and people are going to say mean things and people are going to insult you and mock you and people are going to say you can't achieve something and you got to be able to to weather the storm here. I think so, because otherwise the only other option seems to be just keeping them off social media altogether. And I know that that's not realistic either because it also plays a role in the business world. It, I mean, it does. I mean, every company now has a business presence. We have a presence. The show has a social media presence, obviously, on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. I say that all the time. So it's something that's going to be here forever. And then a lot of times, quite frankly, what one person's satire is another person's bullying. So when I'm yesterday, I made a joke about the rumors that Giselle Fetterman took. She apparently took down all her social media and there are these rumors that they're getting a divorce. I don't know if it's true or not, but I tweeted out a joke saying, is Giselle Fetterman leaving John Fetterman's body double? Because this is not how the movie Dave ended, and I want my money back. Because in the movie Dave, the body double winds up with the first lady, Sigourney Weaver. So Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver get together at the end of the movie. In fact, it's her uh, love for him that basically enables him to change his policy direction. So I figured this whole time that Giselle Fetterman was all in on it. She fell in love with the body double. And that's why he started to move more to, towards the center, because that's where the body double is. And she's all in. And maybe that's why she left. Maybe she goes, I don't like this body double because John was a lot more progressive than this guy is. What's all this pro-Israel talk and everything? Anyway, I, may, I, I tweeted that out last night. Am I bullying or am I being satirical? That's the other problem is I, you, when you start defining this stuff, it gets into a very gray area. You know, how many times you have to wind up coming out? It was just a joke. I was just kidding. It was a joke. And you wind up getting canceled for tweeting out the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing. And the intention of it is, well, we have to make sure that we're being nice because our children are watching. But then really what it does lead to is self-censorship. And people are afraid to make jokes and people are afraid to be satirical. And satire also serves a very important political purpose, don't forget. So the early, the earliest uh, days of the founding of this country cartoons were a very powerful way to effectuate change very powerful way and they would they were mean i mean they're mean they they would write really mean cartoons about each other back then the founders so they well they would get drunk in a bar in philly and they'd start making cartoons you know what i mean they did I mean stuff but anyway satire and mocking and humor and pointing fun poking fun at people in power is incredibly powerful it's an incredibly powerful tool that the government would love to take away from us in the name of ending bullying and hate speech, because they are the, they're the recipients of that. When you're mocking the powerful, you're mocking these people and you're exposing them and they would love to shut that down. I mean, some countries they do, they do shut it down. If you say insulting things about them, hell Woodrow Wilson passed a bill when he signed a bill as president, worst president ever where Woodrow Wilson came out and he said that anybody who spoke bad about the war effort, World War One, would go to jail. You know, so they were arresting journalists back then and actually putting journalists in jail. Not not the fake kind that they said Trump would do, but the Democrat Party and Woodrow Wilson actually did that in the Alien and Sedition Acts. But that was the whole idea. You said mean things. We're going to punish you. And that's absolutely happening in America already. When adults say mean things about COVID or about and mean things are how the government defines them, like mean things about vaccines or mean things about vaccine side effects or 
mean things about Fauci, mean things about climate change, mean things about about windmills, you know, false lies that climate change is not caused by man, lies that windmills cause uh, whales and dolphins to die. You know, lies you're telling, lies and you're bullying and your hate speech. It goes down into a rabbit hole of censorship and the government calling out disinformation and misinformation. And hell, they almost had a board, an entire board with that Nina Jankowitz. And it's still there. It's just, you know, they've just kind of changed it a little bit. I would sit there and decide what was real and what wasn't, what was bullying and what wasn't, what was misinformation and disinformation. So the answer to these things is a little complicated, but I don't know if there is one other than parents have to just be more involved here in their kids' lives. And I know that that's not an answer in every situation because, A, you're not going to be with your kids 24-7, and B, for a lot, of, a lot of kids, their parents are not in their lives. But that also doesn't mean that government can step in and solve the problem. And I'm not so sure these big tech companies can either. Because what we're really talking about is human nature. Are we not? I mean, there's a capacity of human nature to be mean to each other. And you just have to, I think, teach your kids not to be and teach your kids how to be resilient when it occurs to them. But beyond that, I don't, I don't think there's some kind of magic bullet here. And if there is, let me know, because eventually my kids are going to be exactly in this spot. Patrick's nine, Claire's seven, Reagan's three. So my kids will absolutely be there before I know it. And I don't want them getting bullied on social media. I don't want them being feeling bad about themselves. I don't want them getting depressed on Instagram. But I also know that I don't, I don't know what bill Congress could pass that would change that. I don't know what what secret little maneuver could be done to to change that either. And I, you know, that's the problem. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, three to seven, Talk Radio twelve ten, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 